use this time, how you're going to reinvent yourself. And so if we can continue to look on the positive side, and I know it's hard sometimes, and, you know, people are always like, oh, you're just Pollyanna. But I do see things that, you know, we all chose this. We really did. And so if you have a support group, you know, because a lot of people don't believe the way that we all believe. But if there are people out there that you can gather with to get that support, then everything is going to shift and change much quicker because more and more people are being awakened. Exactly. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So wonderful to be with you all again. And please remember... If you're learning heaps about the shows, you know, learning heaps from the shows and myself, please remember to subscribe and share the shows with your friends and let people know about what we're doing here on ATP Media and uh, leave us a comment. Let, let us know what you think. Today I have a remarkable remarkable starseed light weaver new world teacher to introduce you to. Her name is Sheila Seppig. Welcome to the show, Sheila. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Sheila's doing a lot in this world and she has an amazing story which we're going to go into. So let me read your bio and you'll get to know a little bit about Sheila. Sheila is a soul exchange walk-in. A walk-in is a soul that agrees to switch places with a soul that has already inhabited a body, the natal soul. Sheila's essence entered the body of a 38-year-old mother of three children. Initially, as Sheila began to live a physical life in this body, she thought she was losing her mind as everything around her seemed to change. She came in with spiritual gifts and knowledge the other Sheila did not believe in. She brought in a new higher frequency into the world that would immediately change the old life. Sheila's DNA was instantaneously infused with light, changing the experience of the body from her being very sick with things like brain tumors and bone cancer, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, migraines, multiple sclerosis and, uh, sclerosis and other diagnoses, seeing her body periodically using a cane to walk, to a disease-free body. Her lifestyle, personality, and remembrance was forever changed. Sheila came into the body, bringing her angelic, Palladian, Syrian, Arcturian, Mantis, and Andromedan, multidimensional self and lineage. However, her strongest traits are those of, of the Arcturians. Her mission here on Earth is to be a way shower for humanity, helping people to spiritually awaken and evolve. Sheila is the author, is an author, a speaker, multidimensional life coach, healer, regression therapist, and the founder of Spirit Way Wellness in Ever, Evervale, Colorado, and the founder of Conscious Awakening Event Series. She offers traditional and non-traditional spiritual healing sessions 
for integrating total body wellness and cosmic integration services. And your website is Sheila Seppi, S-E-P-P-I.com. Wow, Sheila. You know, <laughs> I've spoken to you. <laughs> hey, go on. I was going to say, if someone read that to me about themselves, like, 20 years ago, I would have like, mm -mm. <laughs> wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> I know, like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, right? I, I, it's, um, I've spoken to a few walk-ins before. I had uh, William Linville on the show this year, who also walked into the, the body of a 22-year-old from his um, Syrian lineage. And, you know, what was really fascinating to me was, like any master soul, that incarnates into this world, whether you incarnate into the body of a baby or you step into a, 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 an adult body as you did, you still have to wake up. Like you still don't come in like fully realised. You bring your gifts, but you've still got to break through the veil. And that's what you're experiencing, right? Do you want to share that experience with your confusion as you came in? Sure. Um... Well, it was in the fall of 1999. As you said, I was a very sick person. I had been diagnosed with all of those things over time. And um, it felt just like my life was going down the toilet, to be honest with you. Um, I was so sick that I couldn't play with my children. I would come home from work. I'd lay down on the couch. It was a struggle to make breakfast, to, to do anything with the kids. Um, I would lay on the couch and play with them you know, they were small, so I could have them to bring their toys up and I would play with them from the couch. But, you know, one night after I had tucked them into bed, I went to bed myself, taking a whole plethora of medications. Uh, Celebrex was my best friend and I would not, I could not even open and close my hands. They were starting to be malformed because of, I don't know if it was RA or what was going on, but um, anyway, I, I just couldn't even hardly use my hands. And I went to bed that way. And it seems like at about seven o'clock the next morning, it felt like someone reached down and just grabbed me by the hair of my head and pulled me bolt right up in bed. And then it felt like lightning was running through my body. Then I was in white space. And I don't know how long I was in this white space, but I do know that for the first time in a long time, I was out of pain. I felt very safe, very secure, very, very loved. And it was a place that I really didn't want to leave. But the next thing I knew, my peripheral vision started coming in and then my frontal vision. And as I sat there in the bed, of course, the first thing is like, what am I doing sitting up in the bed? What in the world's going on? And I'm looking around the room and everything was the same. But it was like I was looking at a brand new eyes for the first time, if that makes any sense to people. Um, everything was the same. Everything was different. As I got up and I started to go to the bathroom, I caught my reflection in the mirror and I just stopped and literally my jaw dropped open. And I just sat there looking at myself, not, you know, like out of vanity or anything, but I was looking at my teeth and looking at my hair and looking at my eyes as if, again, like I was looking out of somebody else's eyes and I could not figure out. And, you know, I would be doing these things. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Snap out of it. 
you know, and I'd walk across the carpet. It's like, ooh, soft. I like this, you know, and I'd go into the refrigerator. It's like, oh, it smells so good. And I'd feel the sunshine on my face, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. I'd walk through the house and pick everything up. You know, I, I wasn't like a toddler and sticking it in my mouth, but I might as well be because I was smelling everything and feeling it, you know, because really it was the first time that I had been in that body or this body been in the house. And um, it, you know, it was a new experience for me. And because my background was psychology, I honestly thought that between the dysfunctional marriage I was in, the pressure and stress from work and the illnesses that I was having a psychotic break because all of a sudden, I started hearing people talking to me and I could see things moving in the house and I would turn to look and there was nobody there. And then I began to know things. I could even look at an article of clothing and know exactly where it was worn, when it was taken off and the intention behind the person that was wearing it. So as I'm going through the house, picking up the stuff from the kids, I'm like, okay, I am losing it. I, I'm losing it. And then all of a sudden I realized it's like, wow, I don't have any paid. I feel pretty good. Now I went around like this for the better part of a day, not even realizing my kids weren't home. My husband wasn't home. I wasn't thinking about anything except for all this new experience. And so as time went on and I went to my next doctor's appointment, then they were amazed and they could find absolutely nothing wrong with me. And they ran me through a battery of tests and I had multiple doctors uh, and they were like amazed. They're like, well, we don't have any explanation for you. We don't know what happened, but good on you. This is great. Good luck, you know, and sort of like patted me on the head and sent me out the door. And as I would keep calling and asking questions, um, I, I honestly think they had my number memorized because it was almost like the receptionist would never pick up because I had so many questions. Well, how can this be? I was very, very sick. I had an oncologist at Duke University. I had this. I had that. What's going on? In addition to that, having all this new information coming to me, because before the walk-in, I was a, a non-believer. You know, I was very straight-laced person. I had a very limited belief system. I was in my nice little squished-up box, and I liked it there. And when I started remembering past lives I, that I didn't believe in, I had no explanation for that. Then I would remember what it was like to be born and what it felt like to slip out of the body. And I can tell you, it's a lot easier going out than it is coming in. So if people are out there and they're afraid of death, there's nothing to it. You'll be, when you get on the other side, it's kind of like, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, you know, kind of thing. But I started having um, memories about universal teachings that I did not believe in. I started knowing about healing modalities that I had never studied and honestly did not believe in alternative medicine because, you know, I was in the Western medicine model and that, that was, in my opinion, kind of keeping me alive. And so I went through so many changes that I 
and had no explanation and no one could give me an explanation. And the more I would talk about it, the more people was kind of like, oh, you know, they didn't want to hear anything about it. So I pretty soon learned that I needed to just be quiet about it. And I didn't speak about it to people for years and years. I did share it with a couple close friends and they still sort of, you know, looked at me as like, you know, I, I wouldn't share that with anybody. You know, it's probably just a dream. It's like, it's not a dream. How can I be remembering these things? Well, it could be a dream. You could have read it. You could have seen it, you know. So they were giving me all these explanations, just confirming even more that I thought I was going crazy. But within three months, I had left the marriage. I had totally changed my entire lifestyle within those three months. I changed the way that I ate. Now, even though all my illnesses were gone, my body was still in the toilet. So I had to, you know, learn how to eat properly and learn how to hydrate properly and those kinds of things, which I never, you know, I never considered. My doctors never talked to me about the value of drinking water. Not one time. The simplest things, you know, drink lemon water in the morning to help detox your liver, you know, they never talked about that. It's like, oh yeah, you can have your diet sodas and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so, you know, life went on and within three months I had left that marriage. And then within another three months, I had moved to a totally different state and found my first spiritual teacher who um, I went to initially because she was a, had her doctorate in psychology. And that all felt really good to me because my background was psychology and she was a spiritual counselor and spirituality. I was religious, not spiritual, but that, you know, that felt kind of comfortable, too. And so within a couple sessions, she had said, honey, there is nothing wrong with you because I wanted to go be hypnotized to find out what happened. You know, what happened to me? And she's like, well, I, I can hypnotize you, but. I can tell you what happened right now. And she began to explain it. And I mean, I guess my draw, my jaw dropped again because, um, you know, I, I had never heard of such a thing, nor did I even believe that it was possible. But because of the new energy that was in the body, I knew things were possible. It resonated true. Now, when you said that I came in um, from my art, you know, brought in more of my Arcturian traits, I want to explain um, a lot of times when people come in as a walk in, they're literally coming straight from another planet. And in my case, I was in a collective and our collective. Um, well, my for myself, I can speak, I had all of those multidimensional parts intact as um, all of us have multidimensional parts. So it's not, you know, it's not like I'm any different than anybody else. We may just not remember it the way that I do, but we all have the multidimensionality to us, but we were way out in the Andromedan galaxy when I heard, we felt, we sensed this vibratory call from mother earth from Gaia because Gaia has placed her consciousness because she is a seventh dimensional B or seven density being that placed her consciousness into the planet. And she was crying out for help, crying out to help us come back 
to help wake people up. And so we came to the planet and was working in the Earth's crystalline grid. Now, within that grid, it's not just for this third dimensional reality. It's for all the other realities that are taking place here because everything is happening right around us. Our etheric world is here. The astral planes, you know, everything is happening right now, right here. And so when something happens here, it vibrates out on a different timeline that's happening here. And so you have to keep adjusting this grid because one time I asked my guide, it's like, well, are we just slow or what? You know, because we just, it's like, I don't know what's happening here, but it's like, no, no, no. And they explained the fact that that's, that's kind of the way that it works. So I have a very good relationship with my guides and it used to be, I had to meditate for a long period of time. I would have to um, really, I, would, I did a lot of shamanic work because that's what grounded me onto this planet. Uh, if it wasn't for shamanism and my spiritual teacher, who was Hopi um, tradition, and she was Hopi herself, um, if it had not been for those teachings, you know, I think I would have had a much harder time integrating into the body. But because we were already here, when the soul of this body cried out to be released, it was decided by the collective that I would come in. This is the essence, the aspect that would come in and pick up and do basically the same work that we were doing in the crystalline grid only here on the planet, because I could affect a lot more earth people sharing my story, talking to them, helping them wake up, helping to gather people to be a way shower, but also to, you know, help people connect with each other because it's that synergy that's helping to wake up the rest of humanity. Because when we have a high vibration and we're with someone else, that helps to raise their vibration. And it's almost like we're implanting little bitty seeds uh, and then they begin to flourish. However, that person, you know, could be a quick period of time. It could be a long period of time. It just depends on, um, you know, where that person is in their walk. But because I was in that collective, you know, it's just like when we incarnate and we're coming in from our oversoul, we are gathering kind of like gathering all of the talents and all of the skills and everything that we're going to need when we come in. And I had done the same thing coming from the collective into this body because the soul of this body was already had been an Arcturian soul that had a job to do, but kind of got lost um, and kind of got weary. And one thing I like to tell people at this point is, you know, even in life, if we're down and out, we cannot just call out and ask for a, um, a walk-in to occur. It just doesn't work that way. But I will talk about what can happen, which is just as phenomenal. So anyway, because this Arcturian had already been in here within the etheric body and all the, you know, before 
I can incarnate, there were also, there were energetic changes that had to take place out in the auric field, okay? And so within our aura, there were things that had to be changed out, kind of like new wiring had to be put in, new plugs, because I couldn't operate from the old chakra system from the other person, and I surely couldn't operate from their mental body, and I couldn't operate from their spiritual body. And so all of those things have to be delicately basically replaced. So it's kind of like this etheric surgery that goes on. Now in human time, it would take weeks, months, years to do something like that. But because when we're out of the physical third dimensional, there is no time. It's nonlinear time. It can happen really what we would think is pretty quick, but in actuality in earth time, it, you know, kind of moves pretty slow because you have to be super careful. So because there was already an Arcturian soul in here, there had already been imprinting onto the physical body and that cellular structure then had already one time had had a higher vibration running through it. So when I came in, yes, it was a shock to the system and the healing and everything instantaneously occurred, but there was still this learning curve that had to take place. First, I didn't fry the system, so that was awesome. Second, I um, they only allowed me to remember as much as I was capable of remembering because even though it was a brand new soul, it's kind of like I'm in a used car. Okay. So I had to clean the carpet. I had to scrub the upholstery. I had to clean the windows, that kind of thing. There was already so much imprinting, so much negativity, so much cellular debris, so many thought processes, behavioral processes, everything that needed to really be shifted in order for this higher vibration to exist in the body. And so it took me, you know, quite a, quite a few years actually to kind of clean up that mess. Um, but during that time, my children, you know, were being raised. And so the older that they got, the more time I could spend on focusing. Now, what the heck is this walk-in thing? You know, and so I got to a point when I was thinking about it that I really got concerned. It's like, oh my God, did I just like come in and kick that other soul out? You know, am I a body snatcher? What the heck? And I, so I asked my guides and they're like, no, no, that, that the soul that was in this body, well, let me back up. Typically there's a pre, uh, there's a birth plan in place. We all have birth plans in place before we incarnate. And there's an agreement between two souls that at a particular place in time, they're going to switch. But in my case, this soul had just kind of gotten off track and it was so far off track that it literally was shriveling up and dying inside. And so it had to be released. And when I came in, if you'll remember, I said, I sat bolt right up in bed. It was because the power of that new soul came in with, and it thrust me upward and the old soul was expelled, giving it enough energy to go back and to do what it needed to do. Now, during through hypnosis with Barbara Lamb, I have um, remembered that there was actually an Arcturian ship waiting on that soul. And when I remembered that, it was kind of like, wow, you know, I always, you know, I was raised to believe that, you know, you're good on earth. And then, you know, you die and go to heaven or 
not, you know, kind of thing. And it never occurred to me, or you might go on a spaceship, or you might go to another reality, or you might go to a collective, or, 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 or. There's so many possibilities out there for us that we really just haven't thought about. But when um, I, when they, uh, when I was working with my guides and they let me know that basically I did this body a favor because I had three children. And if I hadn't come in, their lives would not have turned out. Plus, I was here also to sort of pave the way for my son, who at the age of seven became a walk-in himself. And so that is very, very unusual to have two walk-ins in the same family. So my guides also revealed to me information because I was really super concerned about, okay, so where was I? Was I, you know, like floating on this cloud? Was I on a planet? Was I, what was I doing? And so that's when they told me about the collective. And they also explained to me about the oversoul, about how it is so multi-layered and so multi-dimensional. you know, dimensional. And they also, in breaking things down, before we incarnate, there's what's called the Shantius Khan, which is kind of like the smaller oversoul. And we have multiple Shantius Khans within our oversoul, and that's our cloud storage from each lifetime. And so within this life, when this soul, which, you know, is the personality of this lifetime, when this soul is ready to be released, it will kind of unwind that information back up kind of enfold into the higher self, bring it back up into that Shantias Khan. And that information then helps to elevate the frequency or um, the knowledge base of the entire oversoul. And so, you know, my guides were had to explain things to me very simplistically. And like I said, they just sort of spoon fed me. And I'm sure they were kind of like, oh my God, is she ever going to get it? Is she ever going to, you know, wake up? But I think when I came in, I was awake. I just had to accept what was happening around me because once I knew that I was a walk-in, I have always tried to operate from that place of soul. And even though things get really crappy here sometimes, I'm like, okay, this is just a human experience in a hundred years. I'm not even going to care about it. Who's going to, you know, that kind of thing. But if we can remember that it's just an experience and nine times out of 10, you know, most people that come in are not a walk-in, but they've got a birth plan and everything that's happening, you've already written that out. So, you know, just kind of accept it, go with the flow, be gracious to yourself when you're going through these rough times and just realize it's just part of this experience and the good and the bad is what makes this experience work because we're not here to just sit on a bed of roses. You know, we have to get stuck with the thorns sometimes to be able to appreciate the rose. And we have to, you know, remember that we are at all times a soul having a human experience and not a uh, physical body with a soul. And that that's a huge difference. And so, 
for years, I, you know, I didn't talk to my family about it because I didn't know how they would accept it. They were uh, really fundamental in their belief systems, uh, as I was before this happened. And so one day my mom told me, she said, I need to talk with you. And she sat me down on the couch and I'm like, oh, she's got this illness, you know, cause I, she did, she never sat me down like that. So we sat on the couch and she just kind of placed her hand on mine. And she says, honey, I want you to go to the doctor. And I'm like, well, I don't really do that anymore. There's nothing wrong with me. And she's like, no, I think you have the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. You can't remember anybody. You don't remember your past. You don't remember your school friends. And so I finally had to explain to her that, yeah, you're right. I don't. And I fake it when I'm around those people. I did not have those memories when I came in because I didn't live this life that they observed being lived. And so I explained to her that I was a walk-in and the first thing out of her mouth is like, oh, does that mean I'm not your mom? And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. You are my mom just to a new and improved version. You know, she was, she was okay with that. You know, my dad, oh, yeah, that's another story. I didn't even tell him until the book I wrote was coming out the next day. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of times people have a difficult time telling their family. And when I came in, the only attachments I had was to my mom, my dad, my sister, and my kids. When you say attachment, you mean memory. I mean, uh, I didn't even have the memory. It was an emotional bond. There was an emotional attachment. This, this attachment. It was an emotional attachment with them. It's interesting that you had that because I remember when I was speaking to William, he didn't have that. He said he yeah. actually had all the memory, but no emotional attachment. So wow. he knew he, he when he was in a hospital, because he, he came into a very sick body as well. When he was in the hospital, he's looking at these family members coming in and he's like, I know you. And I remember I have all the memories of you, but there was no like you are my brother, mother. There was it was like looking at strangers, but not having memory. So it was interesting. It was kind of the opposite for him. So right. You had the attachment, but no memory. And he had right. the memory I, without the attachment. So interesting. And that bothered me for a long time because I couldn't remember my kids' birthdays. Yeah. I, I mean, they gifted me with certain memories, you know, I think just to kind of stabilize me and anchor me here. So I didn't feel like I had total amnesia, yeah. but um the attachments that I had with my kids were just immediate, not so much with the husband. <laughs> Thus, three months later, I was out of there, which that's, I think it should be three years or that's so years interesting. Earlier. Did the did the old Sheila have a good relationship with her husband? I'm getting a no on that one. I don't think so. No. Uh, um, no. Yeah. So that was contract over. Okay. So how long ago did this happen? Was it over twenty years ago? It was. It was in 1999, September 99. 23rd. Uh -huh. right. So it was before you had access to the internet. I mean, the internet was around then, but. Right. I'd never heard of a walk-in. And as yeah. a matter of fact, the old person never read anything metaphysical. Someone had mentioned the book, Shirley MacLaine's Out on a Limb. Yeah. And I remember that stick because that's one of the memories that I got. And I think it was to show me how much I've changed or whatever, but it was like. I told people that's the biggest bunch of hooey I've ever heard. Past lives do not exist. It's a cop-out system. If you can't deal with this life, 
you know, then you're surely not going to get it right. And then, I mean, I was so opinionated whew, and just narrow minded, super, super narrow minded. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so, because um, wow. I was just thinking, you know, this spiritually transformative experience has happened to you and you had nowhere to go. You know, now when this stuff is happening with people, they've got the internet, they can like Google stuff and it all comes up or not Google, but go it. Right. She's <laughs> a different platform. That's right. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So how did you find your spiritual teacher? You know, like walking around, oh, it's so confusing. I think it's harder to be a walk-in than it is to be a master soul coming into a baby body, don't you think? Because you take on, absolutely, you're taking on all the illnesses and the, in a way, the memories and the personality and the mind and the subconscious, you're taking on the subconscious belief pattern. So like you yes. say, the used car, you have to totally renovate. You've got to renovate the subconscious programming, right? You've got to put in a new operating system. Yeah. Yeah, take so out a new coat of paint on that baby. <laughs> take out the old operating system. Right. Put in the new operating system. Right. Yeah, put a new kind of paint on the baby. Yeah, renovate That's the house. Right. Yeah, so how did you do that? Like um, you found your spiritual teacher. How did you find her? Well, as I mentioned within another, you know, the first three months I left the marriage, the second three months I had accepted a position in a very nearby state and I had gone to, you know, look at the schools, gone to check out the housing, checked out to see what the activities were for kids to do, because at that time I had a three-year-old, I had a six-year-old and I had a 12-year-old. And so there was a huge range of age in with the kids and stuff. And so I was just checking this little community out to make sure it was what I needed it to be. And I went into the hotel room that night. My aunt had come to stay with the kids And it was only like five, four or five hours from where I had lived before. So it wasn't a huge distance, but after being there all day and then having to get up and have a breakfast meeting in the morning, it's like it was easier just to stay. And I never do this. And, or maybe, I don't know, I don't remember, maybe I did, but I I remember I pulled open the drawer and, you know, usually in a hotel, there's like a Bible and there's paper and pen and all that kind of stuff. Well, there was no Bible, but there was a telephone directory. And I thought, oh, wow, I can sit and check out the yellow pages and, you know, see what there are, see if there's any daycare centers, check out this, that, and the other. And so, I opened it up and the the first thing that I saw was this ad and it was not much bigger than a business card and it said spiritual counseling. And I was like, I need that because, you know, I was here. That was six months I was in the body at that point and still no one to talk to. Well, it's funny when I asked you that question, your guide said to me, she, you know, we were there to help her along the way. We were. We were pointing her in the right direction. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course you were. You know, you don't need the internet. You got us. I'm like, yeah, well, duh. Right. right. <laughs> but then you have to, you in that in that physical perspective, mind perspective body, you still have to listen, you know, and act on oh, the yes. impulses. But, you know, the impulses can be so strong, like you say, spiritual counseling. That's what I need. It's like you don't know why you need it, but you know right. you need it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that point, 
you know, I, I tell everybody, you know, I was fresh off the boat and I was <laughs> wide open. All of my gifts were so intact. You know, it was so funny because I asked my guides about a year ago. I'm like, well, what happened to all those gifts? Like I would see somebody walk down the hall and I would hear them and they're like, you still have that. It's just commonplace now. But at that time, I had never experienced that. So everything was brand new and every experience was brand new. And I had this new, it was like this pull, something within my solar plexus literally was guiding me along the way. And my guys were probably like, we better put a pull cord on her or she's going to get lost out there. But so they would literally guide me (laughs) and talk to me just like we're talking. And that's the other reason I thought I was crazy. It would be like, go to the bookstore. I'm looking around. It's like, okay, there's nobody there. Okay, I guess I need that. I'm going to go to the bookstore. And the funny thing is, when I accepted that new position, it was working in a uh, political field. And I was given tasks that (laughs) I was like, I don't know how to do this. But my guides would give me the end result. They would tell me every step of the way. And therefore... I don't know, maybe six months. I was like, man, I'm good. I I got this going. You know, they they picked the right person for the job. You know, when they find, you know, they let me do that for a while. It was kind of like, hello. Yeah. No. So now I tell people I'm probably, even though I do a lot, I said, I'm like the laziest person you're ever going to meet because I let my guides work through me and they do all of it. They, they tell me where to go. They tell me what to do. They tell me, you know, like um, with the wish Alliance, which I want to talk about in a few minutes, they told me every step of the way, what I needed to do, how I needed to do. Sometimes I would be in my house and they would say, call so-and-so now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to call, you know, cause I'm doing something else, but I finally learned not to argue with them. Number one. And number two, if I listen to their guidance, my life so simple. Yeah. And so it's when I try to do the things that I think need to be done, that's when then I have to clean up a mess. But if I would just follow my gut and listen, um, one of the other things that they had told me was that I needed to write a book mm-hmm. because there were other people out there who were having similar feelings to me. And they didn't, they weren't lucky. They didn't find a spiritual teacher. They didn't find a sisterhood in order to be nurtured because when I moved and I found my spiritual teacher, she also, because she was Hopi, she taught the women in the native ways. And so my kids had more aunties than they knew. Well, they didn't want as many aunties as they had. So, um, but it was wonderful because I had this built-in support system. I have been nurtured, guided every step of the way. I have been so blessed since being here. You know, so many people have rough times. And uh, I mean, my life, it's, you know, it may not be 100% what I want all the time, but I've got about an 80% batting average. And I'm really happy with that because everything, when I listen, when I listen, everything is just smooth as can be. And so these women 
really helped to nurture me and people don't have that. And so I wanted my book to kind of serve as a lifeline. So after I wrote my story, it was like, I'm sorry. What's the name? What's the name of your book? Oh, it's Walk-Ins Cosmology of the Soul. Okay. And it's on like Amazon and it's in a paperback format. It's in an audio book and it's also in like a Kindle format. So I was told that I needed to write this book. So I had my story written, but then it was kind of like, okay, but you know, I still want community because I'm not, I'm not living with my sisterhood anymore. You know, I I was out by myself and um, I had started my own community and everything was wonderful and great. And there was a huge story with that, but um, with the book, it was like, okay, you need to interview other people who are walk-ins. And I'm like, yes, my community. Cause I had really maybe met one or two walk-ins at that time. And uh, and this is honestly like up to a couple years ago because they kind of kept me cocooned. I can tell you, I have like 10 feet of books literally stacked in shelves that I've never read, but I was told to purchase. And I would open them up to read them and I would either get sleepy, I would, something would happen. I never got to finish the books. I was almost like kept in this little cocoon until I got the book written. And I now know it was because they wanted my knowing to be my knowing and not influenced by anyone else's. I had never read a book about walk-ins. I did have, um, I didn't even have Shirley, not Shirley McLean's, but um, Ruth Montgomery's book. I didn't, I didn't even have that, but I had met a walk-in who gave me a book she wrote and I kind of flipped through it. I'm like, that's nice. And I stuck it on the shelf. And that was that. But after I wrote the book, it was almost like my moratorium was lifted. And so now I've got all these books that I'm, you know, just trying to digest. I was like, I know that. I know that. I know that. Ooh, I never thought of that. Ooh, you know, kind of thing. And so that's been really, really fun. And so I interviewed quite a few individuals, not all the people, uh, made it into the book, but the people that did, I chose them because yes, some of them are soul exchanges, but I found out that not everyone has the same experience. No, And so as we've explained, yes. So there's different types of walk-ins. Duh. Never entered my mind. And I was like, I can't believe this. And so then after I had that written, then I started thinking, okay, now we need to have like gurus out there in the field of consciousness and science to say, yes, walk-ins are real. And I was very blessed that I would write a letter and they're like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'd love to give you an interview. I'd love to do this. So I was, again, just very, very blessed with everything that I did. But when, I, when it came back to the walk-ins, we had, everyone has a lot of things in common. Some people had zero memory at all. One lady had to even learn how to walk again. One lady knew everything and she was in the hospital. She had come out of a coma. She started telling everybody, I'm a walk in from the 13th dimension. I am a day. And, and she said, literally they were going to put her in a rubber room. (laughs) And she said, I had, she goes, I just couldn't believe people were as excited. 
because I remembered, I knew where I was from, but she said over time, she's had to um, kind of quelch or put out her fire of enthusiasm because she's been so ostracized by her family, her friends and everyone else. One of the good things that happened to me when I came in, I came in um, with a very specific skill set. And one of those is I didn't care what anybody thought. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a license to do anything that you want to do or offend people or that kind of thing. But it was more of I did what I needed to do and I didn't worry about what other people thought of me. It never even entered my mind. And even today, I have to tell, you know, that's why I'm here. I have to tell who I am and what's going on. And I have to do all these other projects. And I don't have to worry about, gosh, is Sue not going to have coffee with me anymore? You know, because if Sue doesn't have coffee with me, she doesn't have coffee with me. And that is really a blessing because I have found that a lot of people, you know, they get bogged down in what we are told here on this planet that we have to do. And so a lot of the other walk-ins came in and they had, it's almost like they had constraints on what they could, couldn't do or what they could say and what they couldn't say. One of the types of walk-ins that my son was, well, my son is, is what's called a soul infusion. And that's when a portion, a small portion of the soul stays and the rest of it leaves, but a new, stronger, more enhanced aspect of the soul comes in from the oversoul. And in my son's case, it's an angelic soul. And he remembers being on the other side. He remembers some of his adventures, if you want to say. He remembers, and he's like, Mom, not all angels are fluffy with little wings and nice flowing gowns, let me tell you. Some of them almost have like metallic wings, and they have multiple sets of wings, and they don't have heads like what you would think. Some of them are like triangle beings, and some of them are this, and some are that. And he remembers his incarnation process of being lifted up from the place that he was and he said there were all these beings standing around and they like lowered him into I guess it was like a golden liquid and he said it was warm and soothing and he said it's very slowly started moving around and swirling and swirling and then the next thing he knew he was in the body now he came into a seven-year-old body and he did not have you know, his personality yet formed. So he said when he got up, because he'd had a a surgery, had a ruptured appendix and had peritonitis and blah, blah. But anyway, he said when he first stood up, he said, "I, I didn't know how to use my legs. And he goes, but my brain said, oh, you've just had surgery. That's okay. He goes, but I now know I wouldn't used to having legs. He goes, I thought I could just go down and just, you know, sort of float and guide, you know, glide along. Um, And then one of the other ladies that um, was in the book is what you would call like, um, and it's an overlay. And so her soul remained, but it was like mine. It was a very sick soul and a new soul came in and attached itself to her soul, giving it energy. And she was aware that there was another, mm, she wasn't aware that it was a soul, but she said she knew that there was another being present with her. 
and she didn't know if it was a guide she didn't know what it was but so anyway that overlay stayed with her helped her through a tremendous horrible time she actually her husband committed suicide and she made it through this overlay stayed with her for i guess maybe like two years and then it left and when it left then she started a different type of grieving process on a different level and so there's that kind of soul then most people are familiar with the braided soul where there are two souls that are in the body and they are very much aware of each other so in a way one soul can be interacting and then the other soul takes over and it's it's kind of like a ping pong with personality now some people say oh yeah it's a split personality but it's not because there's no mental disorder involved in that these people are very rooted they're very grounded but it's like one day it's chocolate one day it's vanilla not that there's anything you know but to an extreme kind of thing and then you have what's called a jumper and a jumper comes in and out of the body very very temporarily and it can be for hours or even just for a few minutes and i know a guy who had a jumper for two weeks and he said after it left he felt so lonely so empty because you have to remember when that soul is coming in and out it's still imprinting on the body and so it leaves an energetic signature behind and he missed that okay so many questions <laughs> uh all right let's let's look at what you're determining as soul because i think it can get confusing depending on what you think a soul is so um you're calling their soul an oversoul because what's your determination of soul like give us your idea of what you think a soul is okay my guides originally they kept it very simple for me they told me that there is what's called a shantius khan and the shantius khan is what a lot of people refer to as an oversoul but this oversoul is kind of like a miniature oversoul inside of a larger oversoul and by oversoul i mean that when i depart this aspect that came in the essence that came in it will return back to the oversoul and then it may or may not have a different type of an experience another piece of the oversoul would have an experience so let's look at it this way let's say you have a corporation okay the corporation is the oversoul within that corporation you've got thousands of employees those are your little bitty shantius cons okay so when a person gets ready to incarnate only a small portion can come in and that portion that stays attached is called the higher self and that higher self is constantly feeding information in okay, now what's, what's the distinction between the shantius khan and the higher self okay the shantius khan is from where the higher self comes all right. right so so the shantius khan is like the over oversoul or is there an oversoul over the shantius khan like, there are so many oversouls right. we have so many layers but just for 
right now. Mm -hmm. And even in the book, I didn't put everything in because we've got layer upon layer and dimensions and densities and all of these different frequencies and waves. So, but let's just look at the Shantius Khan. Okay. So let's look at it this way. Look at God or source as the ocean. Okay. You take a bucket and you, your bucket is your Shantius Khan. You dip water out of the ocean and that contains everything that's going to have an incarnation process. So as you start to pour that water from the bucket, that stream of water that hits the ground with the ground being us, that stream of water is the higher self. Okay. Then as it gets the body wet or attaches to the physical body, that is the soul. Now, the action of pouring that water is your spirit because the spirit is what animates out here and it animates out into your auric field. And that's what is kind of like the action aspect. Your soul is your personality of this lifetime. I have. Okay. I think, you know, I've spoken to so many people over the years and everyone has a different label for something else. So other people have explained, because I know what you're explaining is true, but you've just given the soul and the higher self and stuff different labels. Like when I spoke to an incarnation of an angel um, channeling through a being, he said that you don't incarnate the whole aspect of the soul. Right. And and I said to him, okay, so only a portion of the soul incarnates into the physical body, sends a stream of consciousness, an aspect into the physical yes. experience. And then I said, so when you're more awake or less awake, like when you're more awake and spiritually aware, does that mean more of your soul comes to join you in this physical experience? And he said, no. He said, no, there's only um, a certain amount that ever joins you in this physical experience, but then you have a stronger or weaker connection to the soul or the awareness of the soul or the, yeah, the awareness of the soul. Uh, Yeah. A lot of times that depends on what your um, life plan is also, you know, it depends on what you're here to experience. Now within our body, you know, we have our DNA and our DNA has within it light codes those light codes are you know from help with the physical body but they're also more of the etheric light codes because our body right around that that little envelope is where we have our you know body double or our etheric template and within that etheric template is all of the information that makes us us you could look at it like as the chassis of the car Okay, Mm -hmm. and this is the car. Mm -hmm. And so that has all your different programming. And so throughout our life, if we have a an abundance of positive experiences, if we're around people who are positive, if we're living our joy, our vibration raises and almost activates some of those light codes. Mm -hmm. which helps our frequency to continue to rise and our vibration to be stronger. But yes, I agree a hundred percent, you know, the Shantius Khan, or you can look at it as the oversoul. That's why it's called the oversoul because there's so much of us 
we can only bring just this tiny, tiny little aspect, aspect in to aspect. the physical body. It's, so when you're talking it's like about a fractal, it's fractal. When you're talking about walk-ins, we're talking about that aspect kind of. Um, so we're extending that energy, that stream of consciousness into the, the game of life, the matrix, if you like. And then you recede that aspect and another aspect walks in or, you know, like, as you said, there's different, there's different varieties. So for yes. people listening to this, a lot of people don't even know their walk-ins. I have a friend that didn't, you know, she had this, she wanted to kill herself, woke up in hospital and had a complete personality exchange, changed her name, changed everything, started singing the language of light, you know, like had this, and then she didn't even recognize herself as a walk-in we were having lunch in Byron Bay one day and I looked at her and I'm like oh my god you're a walk-in and she had no she had no idea so there's a lot of people that don't even know they're walking so how for those people maybe people watching this are thinking I wonder if I am I wonder if he is I wonder if she is well how can you identify this and I know there's like as you said there's different there's different agreements and different experiences. So not all walk-ins are the same. There's different right. things going on. But for people that are questioning, is this me? How do people identify? What, what, what would you like to say to these people? Okay. First, I have a website specifically uh, for this book, and it's walk-ends.org. So walkins.org and you can go there and there is a questionnaire that and I wanted I thought it was so important that people have something that they can look at. But a lot of, you know, the uh, determining factors are things I've already talked about, things you've talked about. Number one, if all of a sudden you lose this attachment overnight or you walk out of the house and you come back in and everything seems to have shifted and changed, there could have been a walk-in aspect. Now, most of the time walk-ins will happen when you're asleep um, because of all the processes that have to take place. So if you wake up in the morning and things feel different, they feel off. If you feel like everything is kind of new, if you all of a sudden have eaten eggs every day of your life and it's like, eh, I just don't think I want eggs anymore. So if your diet begins to change, if like in me, you look at your husband and like, mm -mm, I'm out of here. Now you can't use it as an excuse for a divorce to get, oh, I'm sorry, honey, I'm a walk-in, I'm out of here. You can't do that. But you might look at your spouse and all of a sudden it's like, what? Who is this person? You may lose a, an attachment. You know, my mom was one of 18. And so just on her family with the uncles, the aunts and the first cousins, there was like we were a clan of 63. And I used to be close to all of them. However, I had zero attachment to any of my cousins when I became a walk in only to my mom. Now, over time, I developed that. So you might all of a sudden look at your family different and feel like, oh, my gosh, I've just been dropped out of the sky here. And sometimes people their entire lives say, hey, you know, I, I just don't feel like I belong in this family. That can be something else. That can be like a star seed, which we'll talk about. But if people are feeling, you know, out of sorts, examine that if all of a sudden 
you quit a job that you've been in for years and years and you was very happy in it but then all of a sudden it's like well you know what this just this just doesn't feed me doesn't feed my soul anymore you might change jobs you might change relationships you might change cities you uh, like with me i totally started dressing differently i opened up my closet it's like ah you know i can't wear that and so everything about me changed it was almost like i had all black stuff and it's like oh, i need some color here you know kind of thing and you know, i have to say though sheila what you're describing is very similar to just having a spiritual awakening you know like you you just you do yes. start to identify differently you start to be less tapped into the collective yes. stream of consciousness that's about fashion and what you should do and what you should eat and what you should look like right and you start to sort of unplug from the matrix and yeah. start to decide actually is this who I want to be no I don't want to wear black all the time I you know I feel better in color and so right. it could be just a spiritual awakening not necessarily a walking experience but um right but now with a spiritual awakening Typically, if it's a walk-in, like with me, I had no background of metaphysics. It didn't interest me whatsoever. I had zero foundation. And so I was just... But just, it, isn't that interesting that even though the soul aspect that was inhabiting the Sheila body was an, had Arcturian lineage as well, and but she just didn't have... She just didn't wake up. She got... Yeah. She got bogged down. Like my guides have said to me that that we sent millions and millions of light, you know, star seeds, light, light soul um, that had um, had an agreement to be a part of the awakening of humanity's consciousness. But many of them got stuck in the like negative, you know, the negative programming. Too many choices as a candy store. It's like, oh, I want this and this and this. And it's like, "Mm, that's not good for you. But we get stuck in it. You know, Mm -hmm. and then we start feeding those addictive behaviors and we start feeding those patterns and, you know, we really get lost. But when you have a spiritual awakening versus a walk in, a spiritual awakening will come after someone has been like studying. They've been on their path. They are, you know, meditating or they've begun reading books that all of a sudden they read something, you know, and a lot of times a walk-in, it's, it's just out of the clear blue. You uh-huh. cannot plan for a walk-in. You uh-huh. just you just can't. Now, a lot of people, and I mentioned I, I revisit this, but I think right now on the planet, what's happening is more and more people are waking up. More and more people are searching. The internet's out there. There's connection. There's Zoom. You know, you can have a family that you've never even met before of spiritual Uh believers that feed your soul that Uh you know you may never meet in this lifetime but right right. i've got that one of the things that (laughs) you know that we have to remember is that even though we've got all of these things if we're if we don't wake up then you know we may we may never wake up but when we do wake up after having our souls fed it can feel very much like a walk-in experience. But typically those individuals are ones who have studied and, you know, it's kind of like they've really worked to get that. And the same with the Kundalini awakening. Yeah. I think that awakenings feel like you've always had a, you've always had a, an awareness 
of something, but you've ignored that awareness until one day life isn't offering you the fulfillment that you think it should like, you know, making money or, you know, getting married and being in love and all that stuff. You say, this is going to make me happy. So that awareness starts to get louder and louder and louder, but it's always been there. And then you start to stop ignoring it and start listening to it and then start thinking, you know, like that awareness might even be, how do I, you know, how do I feel happy? Because I don't feel happy. I've got money. I've got love. I've got everything. I just don't feel happy. Um, So many questions. Uh, What are the questions I want to ask? So I want to ask another question. I've got a million questions. Okay. Uh, I want to also talk about, okay, once you've recognized you're a walk-in, then what? But I also want to ask you, what is the mission or the or your soul or the soul agreement of your son? Like what's he here to do? How old is he now? He's obviously an adult. 25. Yeah. yeah. So he's, does he he's 25? Does he know what he's here to do? Like is he here just to spread love? What's he here to do? Yeah. He actually is a healer. He yeah. is um, he's a firekeeper. He's a medical intuitive. Yeah. And he's clairvoyant and clairaudient and clairsentient. And, you know, he really is so cool because he works with the younger people. And a lot of his friends have had spiritual awakening. Yeah. I say <laughs> younger people. You say younger because it's like 10 years younger than me, they're babies. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but do you say younger because their body is young, but their soul is ancient? Like oh, their, their yes. mastery. I won't say yes. you can't have a young or an old soul, but you can have a mastery. Like they're yes. smart, they have mastery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so just being with his friends who are, you know, regular 25 year old people, they have been exposed to someone who has memories from the other side, Uh someone who has gifts and talents. And one of his friends, at least I know, well, actually several of his friends have had spiritual awakenings just because of the interactions that they have together. And that is kind of his mission. You know, he, he, he kind of comes in and incognito and he's in his little crowd and then bam, all of a sudden they're hearing something that they would have never heard ever before. Also, when he works with people in the office, um, we do um, a specialized form of body work and there's only a few, we, we move muscles, bones, tissue, fiber. We put everything back into alignment. And with this particular modality, there's only about 10 of us in the world that are practicing it right now. And he, as he's working on people and realigning them and as all of, um, I guess all that stuck energy starts to come out they'll start asking different questions. Now, we are located in a very affluent area where a lot of the people we don't bring up. Oh, yeah, I'm a walk-in. I came in, you know, or, oh, yeah, spirituality, you know, we don't bring that up, but they do. And we find that people come to our office that are drawn there. We've never, I don't do advertising. I don't do anything because I've always looked at it. The people that are supposed to be there are the ones that's going to show up. So so, where are you? Are you in Colorado? I am in Colorado and our office is in an area called Eagle Vale. Oh, Eagle Vale. I read that. I read that in your bio. yeah. Yeah, Eagle Vale. Yes. And so we're, we're just a few, you know, like 10 minutes away from the Vale ski resorts. And, you know, we're right in the heart of the Rocky mountains and all the, you know, the famous ski resorts. So you and your son work together. 
We do. Yeah. That's so nice. And I actually have made him manager of the office oh. and he does a wonderful job. That's so beautiful. Okay. So yeah. let's get to that question. Now that you've woken up, like you've like, oh my God, I'm a walk-in. What next? What do you do next? What would you suggest to people? So once they know, and that's kind of where, um, that's what I'm cultivating right now. Okay, so you're a walk-in. So what? What are you going to do with that knowledge? Oh, you're a starseed. You woke up. You realize oh, you just came in from Pilates. Fantastic. So what? What are you going to do with that? And that's what, you know, people will call and they give me this big, long story. And I'm like, that is that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. So now what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. And that's exactly. kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pulling people together to create synergy because it's within this synergy that we raise the collective consciousness of the planet. And right. when we are able to raise that collective consciousness high enough, then the ascension occurs. And I am anxious to get into 5D reality. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is I've created what's called the Wish Alliance. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay, I'm going to share my screen. Sure. Um, I have still millions more questions. Okay. Well, let's do that first. Let's well, that I just first. wanted to, uh, oh, okay. We're sharing the screen. Okay, so I'll be really quick with this. This is wishalliance.org. Please go and check it out. We I started in February of last year. There was a handful of people that was working with me to create this organization. We have hundreds of people now. We have a Facebook page, uh, walk-ins, indigos, starseeds, hybrids. That's what Wish Alliance stands for. But we work with everybody because we're all multidimensional. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter that I've got a Palladian ancestry or an Arcturian ancestry. We all have that. You know, we may not have the exact same thing, but we all have that kind of background. And on October 30th and 31st, we're going to have a Starseed Conference on Portal to Ascension. And we have 14 different speakers who are going to be sharing their experiences, not only as a Starseed, but what next? Now I know I'm a starseed. This is what I'm doing with this information. So we have people on here like with Marina. She is only 21 years old, but she also knows she is a hybrid. When you see her and you look at her, you're like, oh my God, she's a hybrid. I mean, there is no doubt in your mind when you look at her and when she talks, the knowledge and information that just pours out of her. She's also been in the secret space program. She's been in my lab. She's, she's got so many experiences for a 21-year-old. We have people like Mark. He's coming in. The veil was never closed. And so he can share so much information. We've got Mark, Ben Carroll. Mark, Mark who? Mark, Mark Brink, Brinkerhoff. Oh, Mark, Mark Brinkerhoff. Brinkerhoff. Ooh, I haven't heard of him. He's and it's set, you can register now. It's October 30th and 31st. But if you go to Wish Alliance and sign up, then you're going to be on our mailing list. And we're getting ready to send out another promotion. And there's a promotional code so you can get 25% off uh, just by signing up on our mailing list. So check it out if you want to attend and uh, be there. But we have so many people coming together who are now sharing their stories, sharing their paths. So let's say if someone says, you know, I, I think 
that maybe I'm a walk-in or maybe I am a star seed. I'm not really sure, but I need some help. Well, right here is a 24 strand DNA activation that will help to wake you up. There are people that do angelic communications, angelic art, all the way down. There's DNA activations, crystalline activations. And if you have a question, you want hypnosis, right? Here's individuals that do that. People who are vested in star language, they have courses. You know, they can teach you how to speak star language. They can help cultivate your gifts. They can help you fine tune your star language or they can provide a healing through star language. But we have all of these different individuals who have all of these skills just ready and waiting. I love this one with Darlene. It's a time regeneration. And so she can go back and heal timelines. So everyone, you know, can benefit from that. But it's wishalliance.org. Please check it out. We now are in the process with another huge project. We're going to be releasing a series of books which is going to be basically a compendium of all types of knowledge. And that's all I can say at this point, but it's going to be fantastic. And then there's something else coming too. So anyway, I get very excited when I think about it, but this is the what next. If somebody wants to get involved, if somebody wants to share their skills, if somebody wants to learn more, fantastic. All of these people are highly vetted so that we know that if you're going to, say, have a sentient uh, process coaching session with Melanie, we know for a fact she's top of the notch, you know, and so soul blueprints, we know shamanism, soul retrieval, whatever it is, these people have been vetted. So they are the cream of the crop. And if people are out there and they have a wonderful skill and they want to get involved, please go to our contact section and just sign up. I'll stop share. Beautiful. Perfect. Sounds amazing. Oh, I get so excited when I talk about it and I'm in the process of revamping the website too. So I was working on that before you came up with this whole idea. Like I suppose that, that, Oh no, uh, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't. I, I was in bed. I was in bed asleep. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh, you got to start. Like, it's like a star seed Academy or, it's, it's, uh, you know, and I was like, all this information was flooding through and I was seeing. Well, when I say you, you were given this information, yes, but um, I was given the information. as opposed to another body, mind, personality complex right. being given the information. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when did you start it? February. This year. This year. Wow. So it's a new thing. It's like a brand new thing. Oh, you know, it is. I, one of my favorite sayings is the people that, um, you know, want to uh, affect peace in this world need to be as organized as the people that affect, that create wars. And, you know, as I, as I see you doing these things and I see people getting organized and, you know, this is what we have to do as light weavers, light workers, we have to really get organized and be able to make this um, information available and healing available and ascension courses available and schooling and education available because if the mainstream education system is not going to let us 
talk about it in their systems and their right. universities, then we've got to create our own universities, right? We've got to create our exactly. own universities. Yeah. So it's exciting. Wow. February. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty new thing. It is. And it started out, like I said, I was just bringing people together and it was kind of a sharing forum because after I released the book and we did a walk-in conference in January, I was just inundated with mail and all kind, And I just couldn't you know, meet all of the demands of people. So I decided that, okay, on Thursday nights, we're going to have these meetings and everybody can get together and we can talk. And it just sort of grew and grew and grew. And then everybody's like, well, we don't want this to end. Let's all stay together. And it's like, well, great. So wonderful. We know we're walk-ins. We know we're star seeds. What are you going to do? That That's where that call to action comes in because I really you know, I, I, I like to get things moving and going and I'd like to sort of uh, create the Australian version of that with you, like collaborate with you. Cause that's something I've been, think, I've been thinking about that for a while. There's um, there's a lot going on in Australia when you talk about meditation and good eating and health practices, it's, it's, but I haven't seen a lot of people get organized who are the sort of starseed walk-in type flavor, you know what I mean, that want to speak right. about their extraterrestrial lineage. And so there's the UFO camp that want to talk about lights in the sky and, you know, if they're real or not. And so there needs to be this organization. That's something I've been thinking about for a while in Australia. We need to get organized down here. Let's to, talk. Let's talk. Let's do it. <laughs> let's I have, talk. I have a friend, David, who is, um, you know, one of my tribe and one of my friends I met him 20 years ago as a client uh, he says that he looked up at, at Venus when he was young and he's like I'll be here for as long as you like <laughs> you know like he totally he was talking to Venus so he, he identifies with the Venusians and he started a group this year called Palladian Awakenings and he just got people oh. to come come online and talk and then it got really political everyone started talking about Trump right before you're oh, no. <laughs> Ah. And it was hijacked by this political, so he stopped it. And now he's just reinvigorated it just a couple of weeks ago. I'm talking, I'm actually doing a talk for it tonight. Oh. Um, my awesome. time. So he's got that same idea to sort of bring the sort of star seed lineages together somehow. Because there's yes. a lot of people, especially in, the, in his group that I see, like young ones especially, who know that they're connected and then they don't know where to, what to do, what to do, what to get, where to do. Oh, yeah, so, I'll give them uh, a job. <laughs> yeah. I'll give them a job. So it's <laughs> exciting. Awesome. It's exciting that you're organizing. All right. I still have, oh, oh look at my hair. I just looked at myself. Um, I, I still uh, have a million questions, but I can't remember them now. So I think we'll probably leave it there. How long have we been jacking for about an hour and 15 minutes? Is there anything else that you wanted to say? What did I, there was something else. Anyway, but yes, you're doing amazing work, darling one. Oh, you really are. Thank you. Thank you. And th this has been so fun. And thank you so much, Karen, for, you know, having me on this. This has been, this has been a blast. And I really do hope that we'll talk more and maybe, you know, your friend, David, we can all talk and absolutely you know, just kind of get things going because um, yeah, there's so much work out there 
for us to do. And there's so many people that we need to speak to. And not everybody is going to be open to what I have to say. You know, right. they may not be open to what you have. To, they may be open to David or they may be open to you or, you know, that kind of thing. And so the more people that we have singing the same song, the better we are, because the reality of it is we're all connected. We're all one. There oh, really wow. is no separation, but we have been fed and spoon fed and actually crammed down our throats that yes, we are separate, but we are not. Yeah. We are not. And that's why so many people have the same idea because we're all connected in with that yeah. collective consciousness right. and we all get the same ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was one thing I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you about your opinion because I, I tell you what, you know, especially in David's group, because I have another group, but I speak to the healers and the teachers, whereas David's attracting um, the the awakening. It's a little bit different different level of consciousness, but uh, they're all they're all talking about the mandates and the pandemic and the and the vaccines and all that. They're all up in that because they're losing their jobs because they don't want to go along with the mainstream narrative. They want to have that you know they're informed. They like their the autonomy of their body. They don't want to be injected and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of talk. What do you want to say to about that from your highest perspective about what's happening on our planet right now? Well, the first thing we all have to remember is we chose to be here at this particular point in time. So this was our choice to be here and to experience this stuff. I honestly think that this is where we begin this division of um, separating out the wheat from the chaff, if, you know, so to speak. And those people who are more third dimensional bound, maybe losing a job is the catalyst that they need to say, I didn't need that anyway, because exactly. when we step into the flow of the universe, the universe will always take care of us. Absolutely. Always. Hallelujah and to that. God, can yes. you just, I've been trying to get that message across to people that are so worried. I had a girlfriend here the other day who, who does put on spiritual events, but she's like, I now have to be forced to take something in order to keep gathering in physically, you know, to, right. to be able to rent a, a space to put on my events so, or, or to be able to be in a crowd. I need to now follow these mandates that she doesn't want to. So she's in a dilemma, you know, but, and I, and I was trying to say to her, maybe, you know, you can do it differently and it won't be forever. Now, this can't keep go on forever, but yeah. When this pandemic first broke out, I there was something inside of me that got so excited mm -hmm. and I didn't want to say that right. because people were getting sick. People were dying, you know, people's bit, my, my business was shut down. So I wrote a book. Right. You know? <laughs> like, ah, thank God. I got some time, yeah. you know, but seriously, um, when that happened, I got so excited because for the first time, what happened? People were at home. And if they chose, they had time to start doing some self-work. They right. had time to drop into the essence of who they are. They had time to reconnect with family. They had time to do those things that they had been putting off. I mean, how many houses were renovated? And not just a physical house, but 
people's houses, how many houses were renovated. People started taking courses online. They started reading books online. And there was a spiritual awakening that people say, oh my God, oh my God, things are so horrible. Well, they're so horrible because people are standing up and saying no more, no more. I will not accept this. And when the authorities run up against a wall, they're going to try to push and keep pushing until they can knock it down, but they're not knocking it down. Right. They are knocking a few bricks out here and there, mm-hmm. but that wall is staying fast. And right. it is because we know who we are. We know that we're souls having a human experience and we're just not willing to accept the stuff that five years ago may have been more acceptable than it is today. Mm-hmm. If we look around, everything is changing. Yeah. The face of politics is changing. The way that our states are operating are changing. But as painful as that is, I believe that it's all for the better. I believe yeah. that these this was the catalyst that actually is starting the ascension process. I truly do. Absolutely. And so you it, sent, it can be bad. You sent me something. I, I, I've got this on where I've put your, I don't know if you must have sent it to me in your, maybe I got it off your website. On, de- on December 21st, 2012, our planet ended a 26,000 year galactic cycle. This cycle was recognized and highly discussed across the world as a completion of the great Mayan cosmological cycle known as the Palladian cycle. We have now moved into a golden age, the next 26,000 years cycle, and into an unprecedented time in history of this planet. Gaia is on the cusp of a major evolution and humanity is about to experience a leap in consciousness it is a very exciting time to observe humanity waking up evolving and stepping into the new paradigm of understanding this global event is going to be the greatest show in our galaxy and you say and i for one wanted a front row seat (laughs) i did i did (laughs) i wanted to be here and experience this and you know, times can get tough. They really can, but yeah. mm-hmm. we're, we're moving, we're shifting, we're changing, and we're going to be even changing, you know, what humanity is actually, because we're going to be moving more into that etheric state, more into the light body. We'll have a body, but it's light body, but we already have our light bodies. Mm -hmm. It's just covered up by this meat suit right now, but Mm -hmm. we'll be shedding all of that. And some people think that, you know, uh, it's the Kali Yuga and there's going to be a huge solar flare. And some people think that it's just going to happen and everything is just going to shift regardless of how it occurs, it is going to occur. Mm -hmm. And all the religions of the world have spoken about this time. And they don't agree how it's going to happen, but they all say it's going to happen. And you can't have people who didn't have the internet, who didn't have, you know, the Library of Congress, they didn't have huge libraries, but that had all of this information sharing information to their groups of people in a way that they could understand it if there wasn't a thread of truth to it. And so I'm very excited um, about what's happening. It is so sad that people are losing their jobs. And I had one lady, she came into my office and she was crying. She goes, and we're going to have to file bankruptcy. And I'm like, and look how much weight you're going to be shedding off your shoulders. 
Right. You're going to get rid of all of that. So bankruptcy is not the worst thing that could happen. Right. Oh, so you got to start rebuilding your credit. Whoop de doo. You've got all of your that's gone. All of that debt's gone and you're going to start over and you right. get to choose this time how you're going to reinvent yourself. And so if we can exactly. continue to look on the positive side and I know it's hard sometimes and, you know, people are always like, oh, you're just Pollyanna. But I do see things that, you know, we all chose this. We really did. And so if you have a support group, you know, because a lot of people don't believe the way that we all believe. But if there are people out there that you can gather with, with some of your um, some of your shows or, you know, go to David's meetings or whatever it is that people can do to get that support, then everything is going to shift and change much quicker because more and more people are being awakened. Exactly. And Pollyanna is an awakened soul. <laughs> she knows how to accentuate the positive. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> darling one it's been such a joy and such a pleasure thank you so much for oh, it's been fun Karen thank you thank you thank you I appreciate it amazing isn't she's amazing isn't she amazing Sheila oh incredible incredible story and uh, so much so much wisdom so much wisdom coming out of that coming out of that body <laughs> This, that body so much a master soul an absolute master soul what did you think let me know what you thought did you learn something do you think that you're a walk-in or have you just had a spiritual awakening let me know what you think in the comments or send me an email oh yeah beautiful she's amazing she's doing wonderful work and um, I'm going to get involved with her wish alliance because I think it's a fabulous wonderful idea yeah what do I want to say I was just saying to Sheila as if we do we were yakking after the show you know communicating that excitement about what's happening in our world to people that are really worried has been the hardest job that I've had and um, to meet someone who feels like me because when people are in worry and they meet someone that can see through the matrix see through the drama see through the illusion or the delusion of fear and see what's really happening when people are rooted in fear and seduced by the illusion they don't relate to you you know when you try and reassure them that everything is happening is happening for them and not to them they don't relate to you they're like no I've got good reason to worry if I lose my job or if I how am I going to feed myself you know when you're in that energy of fear you can't see the higher perspective or the broader perspective. And I love that Sheila is so tapped into that broader perspective because so am I. Because uh, it looks like a dilemma, you know, like I have spoke to, spoke to Graham Hood, Captain Graham Hood on my show this week as well. Slotted him in as an extra because he's just amazing. But he's not quite at the consciousness level that Sheila is. And he's, uh, but he's pretty amazing, but he's having email after email after email. They're so worried about what's happening in their life and in the world that they want to kill themselves. Like suicide has really, really risen. That's something that's not being talked about in the mainstream media, how many suicides are happening because of the lockdowns. You know, people haven't seen the lockdowns as a, as a blessing in order to get in touch with their soul and 
get still and reconnect with their families and so on and so forth. <laughs> They've seen it as isolation and people losing work and all that sort of stuff. And so they're looking out at the problems of the world for the reason that they feel bad and then they feel bad and now they want to get away from that bad feeling. So they're contemplating suicide. So he's all worried about all these other people who are worried, but I don't know, you either do it or you don't. My best friend committed suicide, so I know people do it. But when you're at that place of feeling absolutely hopeless because your life is not working out for you, like the, you know, the, the money and all the things that we think the external reality that's going to bring us our joy, then it forces you to go inside and find your connection to joy and happiness and fulfillment within and that is reconnecting to the essence of you the soul spark the divinity the the energy that is who you really are outside of your stressful thinking and yeah so this is an opportunity for so many people that are in that place of worry and sorrow and maybe they're feeling like they want to commit suicide uh, they either do it or they don't but if they don't they have to look for their happiness inside and not demand that the world look a certain way for them to be happy you know that, this is what spiritual awakening is about spiritual awakening is knowing that happy for no reason i'm happy because i know who i am i know why i'm here and i feel fulfilled and i'm doing things that light me up and turn me on because i'm you know, impulse to do it. I'm guided to do it. I'm following my guidance. I'm not demanding that the world look a certain way or that my life look a certain way in order to make me happy. You know, when we get upset, there's that great saying, I think Graham said it in the show that I had with him. Uh, You're making me unhappy. Your behavior is making me pissed off or upset or angry. You're making me angry. And Byron Katie, one of my favorite teachers, says, no one can make you angry or upset or pissed off. That's not their job. That's your job. Only you can make yourself unhappy or pissed off or upset or worried because you respond or react to what someone's saying or doing or what's happening in the world based on what you're believing to be true. So if you're unhappy or upset or worried, then you have to question what you're thinking. What am I thinking to make me upset? And stop blaming the outside world for it or the other or the partner or the friend or the family member. Question what you're thinking. And then if you don't like what you're thinking, change it. That is spiritual mastery and spiritual awakening. Yeah, and we're all given this opportunity to find that brilliance and, and uh, intellect and genius, the genius of our own soul by questioning our stressful thoughts. Our stressful thoughts are not who we are. They're just stressful thoughts. Question them. Right, that's what I wanted to say about that. <laughs> Love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching and uh yeah sharing the shows please share the shows as i say i say this all the time i turned off all the advertising on the youtube platform and they don't share my shows anymore um or they do but very sparsely and so my subscription has plummeted <laughs> absolutely plummeted like i used to get hundreds of subscribers a month and now i get hardly any uh so um 
not that it matters because the people that are meant to find the show are going to find the shows, right? They're just going to find the shows. Uh, but if you do feel to, to subscribe or ask people to subscribe, uh, yeah, it helps. It, it only really helps. I kind of trust that everyone is going to find the show, but sometimes when I reach out to people who are in demand, they ask me, how many subscribers have we got? And I have less than a lot of people, right? And they go, oh, no, we don't want to talk to that little people. That's the only reason, really. And so I think that, oh, if you're in that ego space, then I don't want to talk to you either. But sometimes there are people I really want to talk to. And then their PA or the people, the team around them, are sort of only allowing them to talk to people that have a lot of subscribers because they're trying to get the, you know, the most in and all that sort of thing. So that's the only reason I ask. Because I know that, um, you know, you'll find the show when you're meant to find the show and uh, the people that are supposed to listen to what's being spoken about on the show or to me or to my guests will find it you know they'll find it somehow but um yeah all right uh if you want to join our online groups we talk about all this stuff you get an up close and personal connection with me online every week and i invite my guests i should invite sheila in next year you join our inner sanctum and remember, if you haven't checked out the book, check out the book Awakened by Death. Amazing stories about spiritual awakening through the death experience, either an NDE or the death of a loved one. It's an amazing book. Love you all big time. Bye for now. <laughs>